Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, today's Christmas, so let's do a kind of a Christmas special and then we'll dive back into our series on virtues next week. So, obviously you're the man who knows more about Christmas than ever I could, especially from the deep spiritual side. And I kind of want to let you take this in the direction that we should go, knowing that today is... Obviously, the celebration of the birth of Christ, God coming into the world. And I think sometimes people just say that so often they lose the significance and importance of this. You know, as we've talked in the past, we know how the story ends. We, we've read the entire Gospels. But as you're living it and as you're going through it at that time, you wouldn't. All you saw was a really bright star, haired kind of going crazy, trying to round up all these kids, and what's going on? So, let alone the importance of the message um, from the angels to Mary, or any of that. So, with that being said, obviously it's a very, very broad starting point. i got to let this go the direction that you want to take it, Father. Well, I think one thing that's worth emphasizing is that Christmas is also a historical reality. You know, when we when we celebrate Independence Day, for example, on July 4th in our country, we're celebrating an historical reality. And we like to tell the story of Independence Day, of uh, how our flag came to be, how our national anthem came to be, what what battles were won, what declarations were signed, who were the the key players. Uh, it's an historical day. And, and we recognize it as such. And it kind of takes on a life of its own in the sense that we have, you know, Fourth of July picnics and we have uh, all these kinds of uh, celebrations or, you know, Memorial Day or, well, Memorial Day is a little bit different, uh, Armistice Day or something like that. We, we remember the historical reality and we do a little bit of reenactment. So we put ourselves back in that time. We bring that time into this time. We celebrate. There's a meaning to it. We recognize that meaning. A lot of times on Independent Day, we'll reflect on the freedoms that were won for us by our forefathers and the blessings that our country has. Sometimes it go, it brings us back to think, um, wow, this is, uh, you know, are we still living out the spirit of, of independence that our forefathers won for us? You know, are we still um, staying in those those fundamental themes are we would they be proud of how we're you know the country is now something like that so that historical reality which also contains a meaning which goes beyond itself as part of the founding of our country is the kind of thing that we also have in christmas as christians so we became christians when the christ was was born was conceived really but we first encountered him, the world first encountered him when he was born. And so Christmas Day is the revelation of the Christ, and it's the foundation of Christianity. And it's an historical reality. There is a real day on which this took place. And that real day uh, that existed uh, 2018 years ago, we even marked time according to that day, brought into the world uh, a change that swept forwards and backwards, it becomes really the fulcrum, the lever, uh, the balance 
on which on which time hinges everything changed when god entered into our world and so when we celebrate it just like the 4th of July i mean if if the 4th of July is only about picnics and hot dogs uh then what 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 is it you know if it's only about getting a day off of work what what's that all about it's got to be something more than that uh, or it just will fade away really i mean it's if it doesn't have that underlying meaning that keeps flowing up into the celebrations if it doesn't have that underlying underlying meaning then it's not uh, it's not going to survive for one thing and it's just not going to affect our lives it's not going to have the the impact and christmas also is that way it's it's kind of devolved in the secular world into some other things that it becomes about the tree and about the gifts and about the lights and about the day off of work and about the visits with family and about those are all a consequence of what it's really about it's about jesus it's about the Christ entering into our world. It's about God becoming one of us. And everything changes then. The meaning of our life changes. It says something about our our humanity that God became one of us. God did not become an angel, for example. He became a human being. He didn't become a dog or an elephant. He became a human being. And for God to become one of us says something about the capacity of our humanity. Our humanity is capable of being divinized, of being united with God. And so what he did 2,000 years ago in, with a particular humanity, we could say, and uh, united in the person, his divine person, he became man. He continues to do with us now. He divinizes us. He unites us with himself. So that opens up a whole realm of reflections about the kind of intimacy that we can have with God, about what that means for our prayer, about what that means for being filled with the Holy Spirit and living a holy life and being guided by divine inspiration and uh, the kind of intimacy that we can have in love, a kind of spousal intimacy that's also fruitful. And Anyway, on and on and on in, in that whole thing. Uh, heaven, heaven came to earth. And so then we recount, just like, as I said, with the 4th of July, for example, that historical date, we, we go back to some of those stories. We recount some of the, the things that have happened, uh, that happened at that time, some of the key players. And we do that also with Christmas. We want to make sure to remember, and sometimes we even reenact these things with a, with a Christmas pageant or something like that. And we, we remember who the uh, Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and ultimately the wise men and then also the the evil figures that were there but these are not just myths or stories that carry meaning they're historical realities that carry meaning that have a uh, that have an expansive greatness to them they mean uh, an incredible amount but they're rooted in those historical truths those historical realities so so we recount the historical realities and then we reflect on the meaning of that what does it mean that god came into the world in this completely humble setting of bethlehem in a manger what does it mean that god entered in and so we think about well what were the other options i mean he could have just appeared out of nowhere as a king on a throne and it wouldn't have been so messy. I mean, whatever else you say, you know, 
birth is messy, right? A, a manger is messy. Uh, two poor people who get rejected by everybody in their own hometown, messy, right? So God entered in in this messy way. He enters into our mess. He doesn't sort of keep this uh, sterile distance from us, but he enters into the mess of it. We reflect on the meaning of that. Well, it means he can enter into the mess of my life, the mess of my family. And then it gives a little extra meaning to the, the Christmas tree or the Christmas morning celebrations. We have these kind of idyllic pictures of what those things look like. But anybody who actually has children and does the whole thing, it never goes the way that you want it to. And, you know, somebody always ends up like breaking something or catching on fire or like it's, it's always crazy. There's a, there's a mess that's going on in all of that. And that doesn't make it any less beautiful or divine that there's a way that the, the divine and the human have come together, not just this sort of plastic humanity, but our messy humanity with this radiant divinity, heaven and earth come together in Christmas. And so it gives us the courage to enter in and reflect on these, these truths and to live them and to welcome them into our own lives, into our own homes and and uh, it's just so many beautiful things that we can do on Christmas Day. But again, starts with that historical reality. The foundation of our religion is in this Christmas Day that God became one of us and was born of the Virgin Mary. Yeah, it's actually made me think about a lot there. I mean, first of all, I really like how you broke that down. But one of the first thoughts that I had as you were teaching there was... As I'm reading the Old Testament, it's a calling for God. And yeah, intellectually, Christmas is when God comes, so they want to keep calling for God. From an intellectual point, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. But if you think about from a day-to-day -day in those times as you're just needing God's presence and for him to reveal himself in your everyday life, how much different that is for the people then versus now. This is exactly as you said. There's really not too many things more messy you can think of than the way you just outlined the way that God came into the world and all the other options he had. I mean, he's God. He's got every option, literally all of them. If you can think of it, he has it. So therefore, the the mess of our lives is nothing compared to what he can handle. And I really like the way that you put it because one of the themes of the old Testament is them calling to God sometimes for help normally after they mess up, but in general, just trying to get closer to God to try to find out what it is. And Christmas is God essentially answering all of those hopes of saying, Hey, I'm coming. I'm now here. And you guys now will have an example from this moment forward. And you know, the massiveness of that thought, I think, is something that's harder for me to grasp. I don't want to generalize everyone here. And I think the reason it's harder for me to grasp is whenever I think about God, I think about Jesus. You know, not necessarily got a full concept of the entire Trinity. Um, so the concept of the overwhelming God, the Father, is just a lot. <laughs> And, and, you know, obviously every Mass is about Jesus giving himself 
Jesus coming to us in the form of the Eucharist, which, and obviously it's a continuance of Easter, but it's also this first moment when the God, the father comes to earth. So it's something, unless I'm totally spiritually wrong about that. If I am, please fix me. But that's how it kind of seems. And also why this is the start of the church season, even though Advent is in December normally. So (laughs) if I'm wrong, please correct me. But that's kind of the feelings that I got coming out of your teachings there. Um, yeah, and I just to to pick the point uh, to to be picky, but we wouldn't we wouldn't say so. Really, Jesus, the Son of the Son of God, comes to earth in the sense that uh, he becomes flesh and dwells among us as Jesus. So we don't want to say the Father came to earth. Anyway, there's there's just a, a little picky point. Just like we don't say that the Father suffered on the cross. Uh, but the, 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 and the father wasn't born on Christmas day, but of course the father, the son, and the Holy spirit are inseparable. And you can certainly say that God came to earth and God died on the cross because anything you can say about Jesus, you can say God. So anyway, just a little picky point. There were, uh, heavy, heavy battles fought over these things in the early church and, and the, the heresy of Patropassianism was, uh, the one that uh, basically said, you know, all three persons are, are the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, just a little picky part. But Clarification uh, is important. <laughs> but so rather than saying the Father came to earth, but we do say that God came to earth. I mean, and, and Jesus isn't part of God. He's all of God. And so uh, without making the distinction of persons there, uh, you know, cert- certainly God became one of us. Most importantly, now it's not like God's away from earth either. You know, everything exists in him. He's the ground of all being. It's not like he's away from somewhere. If he were away from somewhere, that somewhere wouldn't exist. (laughs) So God is in everything and beneath everything and supports everything. So uh, anyway, we talk about his, his presence and all of that, but it really makes it, and it really makes it so tangible for us that, that, Jesus Christ, that God made flesh, really enters into our mess. And we hear in some of the uh, prophecies that are fulfilled, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's literally what it means in in Hebrew. Emmanuel is with us, and El is the the shortened form for Elohim, uh, so God, which is God. God with us literally means God with us. And, and that's, he, he becomes with us in a new way. I mean, as I said, God was always present or we wouldn't exist. There was a way that we were always rooted in him because he's the ground of all being. He's the foundation of reality. I mean, we can't, nothing exists apart from him. But there's a different way that he's with us. You know, we could say like the floor that I'm standing on is with me, but there's a different way that my friend whose shoulder I'm leaning on is with me. There's a different kind of with that we're talking about when it's a human comfort, when it's a shoulder to cry on, when it's an arm, it's arms to embrace us, when it's a heart to feel what's happening in our heart. It's different when he has human flesh 
There's a different way that he's with us. And that's really what we celebrate at Christmas. It's not that God was on vacation and suddenly he arrived again and he's back in our lives. We're celebrating the fact that he really gets into our skin. He understands us from the inside out. He really unites himself with our human experience. He really suffers what we suffer, and he rejoices in what we rejoice in. There's a different kind of with when it's human, when he's also human, and when we can have a human relationship with God. There's something beautiful about that. And I think that's part of why there's a, there's a real sweetness to Christmas. Pope Benedict had said a number of years ago when he was still uh, actively the Pope, he said, Easter, which is really the greatest feast, if not for Easter, we wouldn't have Christianity in the end. It's uh, the sort of proof of everything and the transformation of everything and uh, the resurrection. It's the feast of light, he said. We, and we have that. Liturgically, it's really bright. We, we celebrate, we have, I always think of the bright yellow flowers and the, uh, and the explosions of light that are happening. The Alleluia is the light coming on, in fact, and the Easter Vigil and all of these kinds of things. He said, Easter is the feast of light, but Christmas is the feast of the heart. There's something so sweet and so tender. There's something different between a mother or between a woman and a mother. <laughs> You know, when, when Mary becomes a mother, there's something that sweetens about her. She enters into this relationship with this helpless human being. And when God becomes a helpless human being, something happens, something changes, that we're able to enter into an intimacy with him, a relationship with him, a tenderness with him, that he becomes so vulnerable with us and that he makes it possible for us to relate with him in the way that we relate with a baby, not only because we often get mis a little confused about, you know, I have to put on this special language to talk with God, or I have to go to this special place to talk with God, or I have to do this special thing to talk with God. And those all have a point and a value. But the fact is that God wants to have the relationship with us, even like the relationship we have with a baby, just to hold him just to be present to him, just to cradle him and to love him with our hearts. It's a feast of the heart. And Christmas invites us into that kind of tenderness and warmth and, and gentleness and where we don't have to try. Who, who, whoever tries to impress a baby, you know, like we don't try to impress a baby. We just want to hold a baby and love a baby and take care of a baby. And that's the way that God, he doesn't, he wants to have a relationship with us that we're not worried about impressing him. And he, and he does that by becoming, by the son, becoming one with us, becoming flesh, and then helping us. There is a way that we want to make our dad proud of us, you know, and there's something, there's a beautiful part of our relationship with God that has that as well. But Jesus helps us with that by entering into our position and then teaching us from the inside how to make dad proud of us, you know, how to live our lives in a way that is, that is fitting and just. And so but Christmas is such a beautiful feast of the heart. And that's what we're really invited into. Certainly all of the celebrations welcome that. And I think every family experiences the difference when 
Christmas has a baby in the family. You know, there's something that really changes. And then further, when Christmas has children, there's something that happens in the adults. They celebrate it in a new way through those new eyes. And children sort of spontaneously get Christmas. They, they understand that somehow it's about them. It's about the fact that there's something beautiful and divine in children because God became a child for us. And so there's something special about Christmas with the children. So anyway, just a lot of beautiful things about Christmas. We could probably spend 10 podcasts talking about this. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, a lot of thoughts that I've never really a thought or be experienced the way that you taught them there is that that's obviously all stuff that, that is, is true. And, never really thought of it as as the ways that you put it and it's a uh, we we did that episode on humbling a little bit back and kind of puts it in that perspective as far as as thinking it as as that that's how god chose the came to the world um as one of us and uh inherently the the responsibilities we all have moving forward and i love the analogy you give about it being messy because and then you bring up bringing children in it. Well, all they're going to do is rip everything apart, break stuff, have wrapping paper everywhere, be loud. You know, any form of messiness you could think of, um, it, it will find a way. Um, both living it through myself and, and through the family, you can certainly see that that there's no way around that. So, Father, as we're coming towards the end of our cast here, you've done such great teaching so far. If you have any final thoughts that you'd like to to give everyone here on this Christmas morning. Just the encouragement to spend a little time in silence today, just a little time to reflect on some of these things. Uh, and maybe you're listening to this podcast after Christmas Day. Maybe Christmas Day even was too busy. But we celebrate Christmas for eight days in the Catholic Church, which is one of my favorite things. Uh, and then this Christmas season for another you know, week, week and a half beyond that, almost two weeks beyond that. So just really encourage uh, our listeners to take a little bit of time in silence. And just even in the glow of the Christmas tree, there's something so beautiful about that. Maybe at the end of Christmas Day, the children have gone to sleep. The parents are exhausted. You've, you know, had all this food and feasting and presents and whatever else. Mass, I hope, uh, maybe midnight mass or mass in the morning, uh, maybe the vigil mass the night before. But just to take a little time in the silence, turn the lights off, maybe just with the, the colored lights of the Christmas tree, hopefully a little manger scene. I hope everybody has one of those in their home. And just to look in on that and allow yourself to be transported to that first Christmas and to be there with Mary and Joseph and the baby and, and allow yourself to become a part of that and allow that to become a part of you. Perfect, perfect. So with that being said, we thank everyone for listening. Um, and please give us a Christmas present. Please give us the reviews um, on iTunes or whichever subscription source you're on there. It really does help us pop up in searches and grow. So if you haven't done that yet, we'd ask you to do that. And we'll be with you again here next week. Thank you guys very much.